Good afternoon and thank you for joining us for uh, worship. Thank you for making time to be able to uh, fellowship with other believers um, in our church at Glorious Hope, um, either online or in person. For those of us who are watching us online, I pray today that as God is blessing us during our time of meeting together in person, you will also receive the same blessing that God is going to bring to you. I'm uh, going to begin um, this new year with uh, a series that um, I have titled, Go and Bring Forth Fruit. I pray that this year will be a year of fruit-bearing life for you in everything that you do. I pray that this year will be a year that you will um, multiply abundantly beyond what your human and physical uh, imaginations will bring. You will be a tool in the hands of God that God will use you to produce and to multiply and increase for his glory. I have a burden to uh, um, bring this teaching to us in a couple of ways. How we can uh, get ourselves connected with Jesus as we seek to bear fruit and how we can actually be very practical in making this fruit bearing um, a possibility in our life. I believe that God has a purpose for you. And as you, uh, you and I go through this uh, sermon, I am just asking that God's will will be done in us and through us. Will you bow with me as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and teach us and minister to our hearts? Dear Lord, we thank you for another week, the second week in uh, the new year that we can actually come before your presence and we want to invite you to come and teach us, to come and speak to our hearts, to come and minister to us, draw us close to you, God, and reveal yourself to us as never before. May your name be glorified, O God, today, in Jesus' name. Amen. In John chapter 14, Jesus, before he left the disciples and went to heaven, began to teach them and prepare their hearts and their minds towards um, embracing the fact that he was going to leave them and go back to his father in heaven. And also he wanted them to know that he wasn't leaving them alone. He was going to be sending them the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who was going to be with them forever. And the Holy Spirit, he teaches that was going to be the one that will reveal to them the things that um, he, the, uh, the father and the son will, will uh, uh, reveal to him. So he wanted to make the disciples to clearly know that they need the presence of the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 14, he teaches them who the Holy Spirit is and what he was going to come to do. And following that in John chapter 15, Jesus now began to tell them clearly that he had a mission for them. He had a purpose for leaving them on this earth. He has a mission for you as a believer in Christ today, and he has a mission for us um, as a whole, as a body of Christ, universal. So I pray that these words of Jesus will reveal this mission of God in a very special way to you, and that we will not just know about it. We will go out there and live a practical Christian life that will honor and that will bring praise to him. If you want to understand the passage very clearly, I will encourage you to read the whole chapter of uh, John chapter 15 and it will help you to understand what God is telling us to do. 
this uh, particular series will help us to be able to understand our our connection with God and the purpose of our calling and also be able to help us to know some of the steps that we can take to bear the fruits that will honor God. In fact, even as the Bible says that there are some fruits that are temporal uh, fruits and others are lasting fruit. And in this passage, Jesus teaches us that he wants us to bear fruits that are lasting. Are you bearing fruits that uh, continue to uh, um, be meaningful or your fruit bearing is just going to be a temporal uh, one? There are some fruits um, in terms of our Christian work that we, uh, we claim to bear that are not lasting. But this particular message will open your understanding to know that God has a specific uh, a purpose for your life. And that purpose is that you will not remain the same. May you and me be fruit-bearing believers, even as we see God with all our hearts. Let's read the passage from John chapter 15. We are taking it from verse 1 through to verse 16. Listen very carefully and see what Jesus was wanting his disciples to know at that time, just as he wants us to know uh, today. I am the true vine, Jesus began to teach them. A clear message already revealing that it appears there are some vines that are not true. And Jesus says that he is the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will uh, be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Hallelujah. Christ was very specific that he is the vine, we are the branches. You cannot be the vine. Jesus is the vine. He's the one that we need to be connected to in order to be able to bear fruit. He says clearly that he is the vine. So don't try to be and take the place of God because you will fail. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Being and remaining in Christ gives us the opportunity of communicating with God. God becomes our Father. And he says that when that relationship is established, then we can talk to him. We can communicate with him and he will hear us. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me, in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and I remain in his love. I have told you this 
so that my joy may be in you, that you, your joy may be complete. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I made known to you. Verse 16, very important verse that I want you to reflect on throughout this series because Jesus was very specific in, in this verse and he wanted the disciples to clearly know who they are and what God want them to be. Listen, he says what? You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. I want to take verse 16 again. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruits that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Hallelujah. That is the word of God. And that is a powerful message uh, from God. I'm not sure whether you have ever grabbed a fruit that um, you anticipated that this fruit looks juicy. It looks so good. It is. It, 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 it kind of gives you um, an appetite to have a bite of it, only for you to touch the fruit and realize that it's beginning to rot. It doesn't look like a fruit that can uh, really nourish you or satisfy you. In John chapter 15, Jesus uses a fruit uh, um, to illustrate a clear message um, to the disciples. And this particular uh, fruit he wanted to uh, use to explain to them about the fact that they are so special and you are so special in the hands of God. And I want you to realize that God sees something in you that you never see in yourself. God understands something about you that you never understand about yourself. Every child of God that has a relationship with Jesus, God has a clear message for you. He expects you to bear fruit. And those fruits, he doesn't want the fruit that you bear to be temporal. He wants those fruits to be eternal. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Let's look at the, the, the background of this passage a, 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 a little bit. The timing of the story, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, follows right after he had taught them about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit was going to be with them. He was very clear to them that the Holy Spirit would enable them, will empower them to do the things that he has taught them already. 
if you are a child of God, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming to live in you is not just to be to live a stagnant life, but to, for you to be productive. That is what God wants you to do. Jesus uses the bearing of the fruit as an illustration just to explain to the, to the disciples that God has a mission for you and me. And that mission, he wants us to accomplish it on this earth. He told the disciples, I am leaving you to continue with what I came to teach. And brethren, God has called you to be his child, to be his servant, so that you will be a fruit-bearing child of God to continue to reveal the glory of God to the world. Hallelujah. The question that I have for you today, as we continue to uh, try to understand this passage, is this. Have you ever thought about why God chose you as his child? And secondly, do you know that your life has a purpose as a child of God? Have you ever thought about it? Because Jesus tells the disciples in verse 16 of John chapter 15 that you didn't choose me, I chose you. Which means that within the whole world, in the midst of all the, the millions of people that live on this earth, you being called by your name as a child of God, God has specifically chosen you and set you aside for a purpose and for a reason. Hallelujah. I am excited to know that the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is my father, because of my salvation, has chosen me and given me a mission and a purpose to glorify him. Look, listen to it again. Jesus began to explain to his disciples why he chose them. He is trying to help us and help them to understand their purpose. And therefore he says it very, very clearly. Go and bear fruit that will last and not fruits that are temporal. Hallelujah. What do you think... Um, is the main purpose of a fruit. A physical fruit is what I'm talking about. Why is Jesus even using this as an illustration? There are so many reasons that we can get or drive from, from a, a fruit and the purpose of it. I believe fruits, as you know, is meant to feed and to nourish our bodies. A fruit is meant to satisfy you and fill you. When you are hungry, you want to have something to eat. Some people will eat it as a snack. I remember when I, I was growing up um, in Africa and uh, um, sometimes you are so hungry that you are not thinking about eating fruits as a snack. You are eat, thinking about eating fruits. You go and climb a mango tree and shake it down and get all the ripe ones and you just want to fill your tummy. Fruits are given to us or we, we, we eat them to fill up, to be able to be satisfied. They taste good. Fruits also leave uh, seeds within them that continues to be able to be productive. Every good fruit will always have a seed in it that continue to be uh, productive. That can be planted for that it will continue to yield more fruit. Fruits um, are supposed to be productive. Jesus is therefore reminding the disciples to invest their lives in the eternal and not in the temporal manner. So you and I, Jesus uses our life of productivity 
um, uses a fruit to explain who we are and what we are supposed um, uh, to do with our lives. So what fruit was Jesus talking about? What was he exactly referring to? You will notice from this passage that Jesus does not use the word uh, fruit in its plural form. He uses it in the singular. Because the Christian life is a complete life. It is one that is um, uh, unified. It is, it is one that is solid. And God expects that every aspect of our life that we live cannot be broken. It has to be all come together to be one. In other words, if I am living any life um, that, that is uh, glorifying God, if I am living it in a way that I have to see it as uh, in totality, in, in, in oneness and not separating anything from it. So I cannot live, um, try to be perfect in one way and then leave the other side, uh, one other side of my life in a different way. God expects us to be able to be holistic in whatever life that we live. So Jesus was specifically talking about the fruit of character, number one, and also the fruit of yeah, leading and bringing souls to him. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 uh, to 26, he refers to the fruit of character, the, the life that we need to live as children of God in order to please him. He says, therefore, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking and envying each other. Look at this verse very carefully. He says the fruit of the Spirit. Again, he uses the word singular, even though he's referring to all these practical life that God wants us to live. He says what? It is a fruit that we can obtain from the Holy Spirit. He is, will be our enabler. He's the one who can enable you and me to be able to live our practical Christian life to honor God. And so if we are, our character has to reflect the character of God, then it must show itself in love. It must show itself in the joy of the Lord being in us, no matter what circumstances that will the enemy will throw against us. We will keep being joyful in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit he described as peace that the world does not give. But he, God, alone can give that, that peace. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, is forbearance. That you are able to stand through every challenging situations in your life. You are forbearing and overcoming life's challenges and life's situations. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, that you show this kindness to other people just like God has shown it to you. It is goodness, it is faithfulness in every circumstance of the life. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, a character that reflects God's character is about gentleness and it is about self-control self-control in everything that you do and he says against such things there is no other law if you live this kind of life 
Nothing else can be uh, used as a law against you. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their old nature, the life of the past they have put aside and they are now living a life that glorifies God. Hallelujah. That is the life, um, the first indication of what Jesus wants us to understand about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is a character-bearing uh, fruit. Then secondly, he says it is a fruit of soul winning. And I am hoping that I will be able to elaborate more in this particular area and help us with steps that can help us to be soul winners for Christ. John 14, 35 and 36 says, Do not say, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruits for eternal life, so that uh, that sower and reaper may rejoice together. Fruit of eternal life. Hallelujah. So there is a character-bearing fruit and there is a soul-winning fruit. Those two important things were what Jesus was trying to refer to. And in John chapter 4, Verse 35 and 36, he clearly says that believers, wake up. Do not think that we have too much time and we can always go out there and, and, and tell others about Jesus. He says the timing is now. The timing is real. The timing is evident. And look around you. There is so much opportunity to tell people about Jesus. So don't waste the time. The Bible says we should make use of every opportunity that God gives to us. It is my time. It is your time. It is every believer's time to go out there and tell the world about Jesus. Our life should feed and nourish those who are empty, those who are hungry, those who are longing to be broken from the bondage of the devil. Our lives are supposed to go and bring these people and lead them to the fullness of the salvation in Christ Jesus. We should be seed planters of the gospel in every place and in whatever situation we find ourselves. Have you ever felt the need to go and tell somebody else about Jesus? Have you ever found, felt the need to go and just even probably live that practical life of yours so that people will see your light and glorify your God? Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6. He says what? You and I are the light of the world. You and I are the salt of the, of the earth. So God expects that we remain and use our life as an example to impact the world. So your lives are supposed to, my life is supposed to impact you. Just like your life is supposed to impact me. Your life is supposed to impact your neighbor, your brother and sister, those that you work with, people that you, you, you are working with either at home or at work, whatever, 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 whoever you are relating to in your neighborhood. God wants you to let your life impact them and to lead them to salvation in Christ. I'm not sure whether 
you you are doing this and you are taking this step of letting the gospel of Jesus reflect in you. A question when you read uh, this particular passage uh, is why does the scriptures refer to our fruit bearing in its singular? I've already mentioned to you, but I want to remind you again. It is very important for you to realize that the Christian life is a holistic life. It's a life that God wants you to live in totality. You cannot desire to live a life of truthfulness and then yet live a life of immorality. You cannot serve God and serve um, uh, the devil at the same time. You either belong to Jesus and live for him or you belong to the devil. You cannot live a lukewarm or a shallow Christian life. God wants you and I to live our life in full to bring praise and honor to him. I'm not sure whether you are living a double life as a child of God. I know many of us who will come to church and then we, we claim every day to worship and serve the living God and yet we turn back again and our lives are completely engulfed in the hands of the devil. I'm not sure whether you are that type of a child of God. But just remember that God says that he chose you. He handpicked you. And you responded. Because you responded, he says what? My son and my daughter, I have given you a mission. This mission is specifically in twofold. It's about your character and it is about you leading people to me. Go and make disciples. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 28. And, and teach them and bring them to the knowledge, the salvation that I have given to you. And remember that salvation is found in no one else in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, but only in the name of Jesus. So our mission, our purpose is to let our character, let your brother and your sister, let your husband, let your wife, who is a believer or not, not a believer, see Jesus in you and that will make them to desire to be like, um, like uh, to be followers of Jesus. And if wherever we have that opportunity, the Bible also says, let us declare the word of God. Let us preach the word of God. Let us tell them about our testimony. Tell them about the things that God is doing in your life. That is a fruit bearing child of God. Don't ever forget who you are as a child of God. You are specifically chosen by God to be his servant and to declare his glory. So what is the purpose of your election? You're being called as a child of God. Why did God call you when he says that we, we didn't choose him, he chose us? so that we will bear fruit. Why did he choose you? Why did he specifically make uh, mention you by name? John chapter 15 tells us and gives us several reasons that we need to understand. And I will give you a couple of them and continue with the rest of it next week. Number one, God chose you to be productive, to be a fruit-bearing child of God. He didn't choose you just to remain as you are. For those of us who are so used to going to church and all that we need, want to go to church to do is to go and sit there and just warm the chairs and warm the, the seats and then we get up and we go home. I want you to know that God has something bigger for you than just going and sitting and, and, and enjoying just 
Others, others uh, serving the Lord. God wants you to rise up and be a servant and be a child of his that he can use to continue to spread his word and his gospel. Hallelujah. In, uh, uh, the people of Israel had similar challenges um, like we are facing today. When God first chose them and called them to be his representative on this earth and they, they failed to be the uh, producers of um, the fruit that God wanted them to. To, um, to produce. Look at Isaiah chapter um, 5 verse 1 to 7. I will sing of the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out um, a wine press as well. Then he looked for a, a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now, you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could, that, could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I look for good uh, grapes, why didn't it yield? Um, why did it only yield um, bad fruit? Now I will tell you what I am going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated. And uh, braids and thorns will grow there and I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is you. It is me. And the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he took for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness, but um, heard cries of distress. You are this vineyard. You are God's vineyard. And God prepared you. He says he prepared you as a, as a field. He took out all the things that will prevent you from producing. He cleansed you from all your unrighteousness with the expectation that you will bear fruit. And you, if we fail to bear fruit, the Bible says in John chapter 15, every uh, branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away and he destroys it. Are you that type of a child of God that is waiting for the judgment of God to come upon you? Or you are that child of God that sees yourself as Peter describes uh, in John chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Would, are you seeing yourself in this context that you are a, a, a God's chosen uh, a daughter, God's chosen son, that God's purpose of declaring his glory, letting the world see him is all manifested in you. Is that the child of God that you are, that you are declaring God's praise from your life, you are declaring God's praise by telling others about Jesus, by being an example and bringing the message of Christ to the world. But you are chosen people. And you are not only chosen, but God describes 
who you are. You are a royal priesthood. There, your royalty is in heaven. God made you royal. Oh, hallelujah. That is how special you are. He says you are a holy and you are special because you are God's own possession. But again, God chose you. God set you aside for a purpose. God chose you. God declared you as his child, his son, his daughter for a purpose that you will declare his praise. Oh, hallelujah. What has God done in your life? The thing that God has done in your life are the things that you are declaring as praiseworthy to his name. Sometimes I have heard, met other believers who have said, I, have, I don't know much about the Bible. I don't understand much about the scripture. And therefore, I can't tell others about, about Jesus. God doesn't need you to know to go to a Bible school in order to be able to be one that declares his praise. This passage, this verse tells us that the things that he has done in your life are the things that you need to declare as praise to the world. Hallelujah. If God has delivered you from the works of darkness, then declare that praise to the world. If God has set you free, he has healed you of a disease, declare that praise. If he has made your marriage to work, declare that praise. If he has provided a job for you, declare that praise. If he has taken you beyond your, your place that you are now and has poured showers of blessing upon you, declare that praise. That is your calling. That is your purpose. That is what God wants you to do. So shall we rise up as believers? and be the fruit-bearing children of God. This year, 2022, would you bear fruit for Jesus? Fruit of character and fruit of soul winning. I pray that we will desire each of these in our lives as we seek to honor Him and praise Him. There are a lot of um, other reasons for which he chose us that I want to bring to you in my next sermon. And I'm looking forward for you to join us as we continue to reflect the glory of God and serve Him as believers and as children of God. Thank you again for making time with us. Visit us at our website, Glorious Hope Community Church, and um, you will find other sermons that will be an encouragement uh, to you. You will find um, also... Uh, places where you can share your prayer requests and we can pray with you. You will also uh, find places where you can support us as uh, financially you can support us with prayer and we look forward that God will continue to bless you and increase you and, and use your life as a testimony for others to follow. I am just looking forward to be an instrument of glory in the hands of God. Would you be that person this year when you allow God to reign in you and through you. God bless you. Let me, let me pray with you as we bring this to an end. Father, in Jesus' name, we surrender to you. We ask you, God, that you will make us fruit-bearing children of yours. We thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name.